0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. and It's been a heck of a week. Last week, when I was doing this show, we were just learning some of the details about the attack in San Bernardino, California. They killed 14 innocent Americans. And for two days thereafter, even though it became clear that day when the first suspect was identified, it became clear that day that this was an, an attack by Islamic terrorists, Islamic jihadists, the president refused to acknowledge that. He kept trying to claim it was workplace violence, and he was joined in that by the, some of the national news media within a couple of days who begin to say that, well, yeah, there were Muslims involved, but this was really the fault of some of the victims who were Christians and who criticized Islam. In other words, if you criticize Islam, you're, according to the national news media, particularly the New York Daily News, then you are a legitimate target to be killed. This is Sharia law. This is what the Koran teaches. If you do not believe in Islam, you are an infidel, and you can be taxed because of that, or you can be exiled because of that, or you can be killed because of that. It doesn't matter. The choice is a Muslim choice. According to the New York Daily News and one of their editorial writers, and according to a reporter for CNN, this is exactly what happened. They are pointing directly that a Messianic Jew, which means that's a Jew who believes in Jesus Christ, and he apparently was open about his belief at the workplace, and he talked about it, as he's entitled to do, and he even questioned the tenets of Islam, talking about his religion and Islam with the terrorist, with Saeed Farouk. And so according to the CNN reporter who was talking to the man's wife shortly after he'd been killed, his religious beliefs and his stating of his religious beliefs made him an acceptable victim. The CNN reporter was basically putting into the wife, well, don't you think he deserved it? Don't you think he was setting himself up for this to happen? And then a reporter for the New York Daily News, she just came out and called, interestingly enough, this Christian, or this Masonic, Masonic Jew, a bigot, because he supported the NRA and wrote on his Facebook page about his problems with the radical Islam. and According to her, that was the cause of this slaughter. It was all his fault. It certainly could not have been the fault of the Muslim involved because what they did was understandable. That's the political correctness in this country. That's the stupidity. That's what we're living in. And that is going to lead to additional terrorist attacks. Think about this. You had a neighbor, maybe several neighbors, of this couple who saw suspicious activity. And by the way, has anybody noticed that the, you know, the neighbor said that they saw four or five Middle Eastern men working late at night in the garage at the home of the two terrorists? Whatever happened to those men? Has the FBI been able to track them down? We don't know. We don't know what's going on. Because we're being lied to by our government. Bottom line is, they're lying, just like they did with Benghazi. They're lying to try to protect the terrorists, to try to protect Muslims. There were other people involved in this. Now, fortunately, we have an FBI director who is defying his boss, Obama, and is going, I think, to eventually uncover everything. Whether or not you and I will be told about it, well, that's a different matter entirely. Because remember, we're just some of unwashed masses, according to Obama and his minions. We don't deserve to know what's going on. We're too stupid to understand uh, the ramifications of what's going on. We're too stupid to understand political correctness and how important it is. But neighbors did not report what was going on prior to the attack. And one of the neighbors specifically said, I didn't want to be labeled a racist. And that's the climate we're in. You know, on one hand, you have the government, Department of Homeland Security, saying if you see something, say something. On the other hand, the philosophy seems to be if you see something that involves Muslims, you better keep your mouth shut or you're going to be labeled a racist. Or if you see something that involves potential violence by Black Lives Matter, you better keep your mouth shut or you're going to be a racist. I mean, I've been called a racist numerous times simply because I oppose the policies of Barack Hussein Obama. It doesn't matter that I've never said anything about his race, never criticized his race. I criticize the man and what he stands for and what he does to this country. That makes me a racist. Just ask the New York Times or the Washington Post. So we live in this political correctness climate And the blame is being placed, number one, on the victims, and number two, on the NRA, and all the gun owners who, in this country, absolutely believe in the Second Amendment and acquire firearms to protect themselves and their families. That's a no-no, according to the political correctness crowd. Obama's speech that he made on Sunday night was just absolutely appalling. The man spent very little time actually talking about the attacks. He did call it a terrorist, act of terrorism. He did not use the word Islamic Islamic jihad. He spent a few minutes talking about the attacks and how horrific they were. Then he spent much more time attacking the Second Amendment and trying to convince the American people and it didn't work. To convince the American people that if he is allowed to ban the private ownership of firearms in this country, none of this would have happened. He talked about new proposals, common sense gun proposals all of which exist in the state of California, and more. California has the strictest gun control laws in the country. They involve controlling the number of rounds that can be in a magazine. They involve the so-called assault weapons, which are actually not assault weapons because they're semi-automatic weapons. They involve handguns. They involve registration of all firearm purchases. None of this stopped the terrorist. None of it. These firearms were purchased legally and were then used to kill American citizens. Obama wants to put the same restrictions on everybody in the country, which means, bottom line, the bad guys can get the weapons, the good guys can't because that's the way it was in California nobody in that facility was carrying a firearm because that was a gun free zone even the one security guard one security guard for that facility was not allowed to carry a weapon you had Saeed Farouk who had cased this place knew what was going to be happening at the party. And they had been planning an attack for over a year, apparently. But he had cased the place. He knew who was going to be at the party. He knew there was not going to be anybody there armed. He knew even the security guard was not a threat. So he went in, he and Malik went into a gun-free zone and killed and wounded a bunch of Americans. Ladies and gentlemen, is going to continue to happen. I'm very fearful that over the holidays we're going to see additional attacks. Malls, movie theaters, sporting events. I mean, what's the... The National Football League, what are they thinking? What's their insanity here? The National Football League bans police officers, off duty police officers from carrying their firearms into stadiums. With one exception. Texas. Texas law specifically allows it. So Texas law in this case overrides federal law. So when it comes to the Dallas to the Houston Texans and the Dallas Cowboys, off duty police officers can be armed. Because let's face it, Despite the outside security, these are still gun-free zones, and they are soft targets. And this country is full of soft targets. And the bad guys, the Muslims, know how to exploit the soft targets. They've been doing it around the world for years. The attack in Paris was against soft targets. Paris and France have some of the strictest gun control prohibitions in the world. You saw how that worked. It played exactly into the hands of the terrorists who took advantage of it to kill people. Obama's speech defended the Muslim religion. Said that the Muslim religion did not cause these attacks. Never use the word radical Islam or radical jihadist. Won't say that. Hillary Clinton won't say that. And then we have been lied to by the federal government, once again, by the State Department. Hillary Clinton lied when she was in control of the State Department about Benghazi. We know that for a fact. Now John Kerry and his State Department are also lying. Because we were told shortly after they uncovered the identity of the woman that this woman, Malik, had come into this country on a visa, so-called fiancé visa. And the State Department said that she had been fully vetted, that she had been questioned by members of the Department of Homeland Security and... They found nothing amiss. Well, today it's been learned, and we learned a few days ago that she had given a false address in Pakistan, but today it's been learned that she was never interviewed by anybody. And we'll talk more about that after this break.
2: The United States Justice Foundation since nineteen seventy nine has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since nineteen eighty, USJF has submitted testimony to the US Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss
0: the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
2: Hello, I'm Pat Rulo, hostess of Speak Up and Stay Alive, the voice for patient safety. Now heard every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. right here at americaswebradio.com. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama Eligibility Cases, the NDAA Illegal Detention Issue, and many more. Help this non-profit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to
0: AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: So this female terrorist, who I believe now, was in fact an ISIS operative, if not ISIS, then Al-Qaeda. In other words, she was an operative for Muslim terrorists. She had been living in Saudi Arabia. She was originally from Pakistan. She had been trained as a terrorist. She had been trained to do exactly what she and her husband did. And she got into this country perfectly legally on this fiancé visa. As I've said before the break, the State Department, we now know, lied. That she was never questioned. Now she was never questioned by anybody from the Department of Homeland Security. How can we believe Obama when he says, and the State Department says, and the Department of Homeland Security says, we're going to bring in these Syrian refugees, and we're going to bring them in by the thousands, and they will be completely vetted. Well, number one, you have the head of the FBI, and basically the head of national intelligence, saying that they can't be vetted because all they can rely on is what they're told by the people themselves if they even talk to them which they didn't with Malik because there are no records in Syria of who these people are there's no way to make a criminal background check there's no way to determine if they have ties with terrorists there's no way to determine who they are we can see what's happening in Europe the attacks in Paris were carried out partially by people that had come in as refugees, come into Europe as refugees, and made it to Paris and carried out attacks. That's exactly what Obama wants to have here. He wants to let everybody in and say, oh, this is, this is what, who we are as Americans, we have to do this, We have to allow them to come in, and then we're going to be lied to by the State Department, Department of Homeland Security, say these people are going to be completely vetted. We know that they cannot be vetted. We know they will not be vetted. We know in a lot of cases they probably will not ever be interviewed. You know, you hear the the mainstream news media saying, well, this process will take a couple of years before it ever happens. Obama's bringing them in already in small groups. And we don't know who they are. We don't know who they're, what their allegiance is. And by the way, did you, have you heard that Obama has unilaterally changed the oath that new American citizens are required to take when immigrants who are here legally are sworn in as American citizens? They no longer have to pre- pledge to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States and to bear arms on behalf of the United States or to serve in some other capacity defending the United States. We now have an oath of office or an oath of citizenship in this country that is Sharia law compliant. That means that because there's a all of that has been replaced with a line that says unless they have some kind of religious objections to it, in which case they do not have to comply with the oath. They do not have to defend our country. I'm surprised it doesn't say, but they can attack our country, because that's basically what the, the oath is now saying. We are being set up by the Obama administration to bring in thousands of first it was a few hundred, then it became 10,000 next year. Now now they're talking about 100,000. We're being set up to have these people come into the country, and we know there's some already coming across the border illegally. I mean, there have been several groups of Syrian refugees, families that have surrendered to the Border Patrol in Texas. Now, these are families. What about the young men of fighting age, 18 through 30 or 35 or 40? Thousands of them are coming in to Europe. Many of them, it's believed, are in fact members of ISIS or members of Al-Qaeda and are prepared to commit terrorist acts. And now the president wants to have them coming into this country. They will not be vetted. They will be terrorists. Now Congress is making the move to try to tighten up on restrictions for things like the fiancé visa. It passed the House overwhelmingly to the point where it's veto-proof in the House. We'll see what happens in the Senate. Because Obama will probably veto it. Anything that's not compliant with Sharia law or the desires of radical Islam are going to be vetoed by the President of the United States. Because that's who he is. He's not an American. And I'm not talking about where he was born, necessarily. Oh, that's really questionable. I'm talking about the fact that he does not act as an American. He does not fulfill his oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Essentially the same oath of office that I took as a member of the military. That oath doesn't expire. I believe in it. I will always be under that oath, even though I haven't been an active duty in the military for quite a number of years. Obama doesn't believe in it. And he violates, almost on a daily basis, even though there are criminal penalties for doing that. But the point is, is that we are vulnerable. And the President of the United States is making us more vulnerable. So let's let's talk for a minute about Donald Trump. who's receiving all this fire even from other presidential candidates about his statement that all Muslims entering this country should be banned from doing so until, he not say it forever, but until the administration sorts out what's going on here. Well, I know what's going on here: wide open borders, letting anybody in that wants to come, and then not deporting them, turning criminals loose on the streets, creating chaos. That's what the left does. That's what the communists did. That's what this, the socialists did in countries around the world. That's what the Nazis did in time, country in Germany. Create chaos. That's what this is all about. So Trump comes out and says, you know, let's put a hold on all of these Muslim immigrants. And other Republican candidates are coming out saying, well, we need to at least put a hold on bringing in the Syrian refugees. As a head of a nonprofit organization, and all contributions to us are tax deductible, I cannot endorse political candidates. I can talk about issues, but I can't endorse political candidates. Technically, I could probably do that privately, but it would be taken by the news media, I'm sure, as an endorsement by the United States Justice Foundation. So I'm not going to do that. Frankly, I haven't made up my mind yet who I'm going to support, or who I'll vote for, let's put it that way, because I won't be able to be supporting anybody, but who I'm going to vote for in the Republican primary here in Texas, or in in the general election. Well, I can take that back. I don't support whoever the Republican is in the general election. I'm certainly not going to support Hillary Clinton. But let's examine what Trump has said, because it's interesting that from a constitutional standpoint, what he says can be done. The Constitution of the United States gives complete authority over immigration and naturalization to the Congress. The President has no authority. And it's on that basis that we have joined with the state of Texas, I'm saying the United States Justice Foundation, they joined with the state of Texas and 25 other states and trying to get Obama's granting, unilaterally granting, by executive order, amnesty. To millions of illegals here in this country. We have challenged that in court. We have filed amicus briefs in the Court of Appeals. We have been successful so far. And now this will probably be going to the United States Supreme Court, where we're also going to continue working. I'm very proud of the fact that my name is on that brief that went to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Lawyers for the United States Justice Foundation prepared that brief. I reviewed it, approved it. I put my name on it, because it says some very important things. And one of those things is that the president has no authority under the Constitution to deal with immigration at all. That must be left to Congress. And that's what the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals has ruled twice now is, to, is true, that Obama had no authority. So under the Constitution, it's the Congress that has the authority. So Congress could technically cut off immigration entirely if it's so desired. Or it can cut off immigration from certain countries or even certain groups of people. Now, you hear the political pundits, the media, and this is happening, you know, not just in the uh, mainstream media, the far-left media, but also I've heard commentators and people on Fox News say the same thing. And congressional, I mean, presidential candidates say the same thing. And that is that saying we're not going. To country is a religious test and is therefore unconstitutional. That is not true. The only time in the Constitution a, is a, that a religious test is prohibited is for American citizens who are seeking to run for public office in this country, from the president on down. If they're running for public office, you cannot apply a religious test that would keep them from running. There's absolutely nothing in the Constitution that prohibits religion from being used as a viable reason for refusing immigration to this country. So whether you agree with Donald Trump's statement or not, it appears that the majority of Republican voters agree, whether you agree or not, what he's saying can be done. Now, obviously, Congress is not going to do it. But legally, they could. And frankly, they probably should. Because right now, we are extremely vulnerable. And we are getting more and more vulnerable. And it's just gonna get worse as the holidays approach. And of course Obama's response is going to be to impose gun control.
2: And that'll be our topic after this break. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the US Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases. Involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona immigration law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today.
3: With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com.
1: Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio.
2: Watchdog and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you.
0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: So, now let's talk about Obama's solution and the left-wing Democrat solution to terrorism in this country, terrorism around the world, the killing of innocent American citizens by Muslims. And, you know, there's been this report come out, and where the heck they got this, I don't know. But supposedly there have been more Americans killed in the last few years in this country by right-wing extremists than by Islamic extremists. Well, the only people I know of that were killed by right-wing extremists. I don't think he was either a right-wing extremists, I think he was just in nut case. Actually, there are two of them. The Planned Parenthood shooting, and the shooting of the black members of the congregation of a church in Charleston, South Carolina. But what they do, the way they skew these numbers, is, for example, Obama has refused to allow the FBI, or any federal agency, to label the attacks in Chattanooga on the recruiting office and reserve center that killed four Marines and one sailor and was done by a Muslim, a radical Muslim, they're refusing to label that as a terrorist attack by Islamic jihadists, refusing to acknowledge that it was probably carried out not necessarily on the orders of ISIS, but because this guy was an adherent to it. The same thing has happened in the attacks in Oregon, where the guy came in and said he wanted to kill all Christians. He wanted Christians to identify themselves so he could specifically kill them. He had connections to radical Islam. That's not being counted. The well, This is not gun violence. This was knife violence, and there's going to be more of that in this country, too. But the attacks in the, the other college in California recently by a knife-wielding Muslim, that's not being counted either. was a jihadist attack. So all of this is being basically covered up by the federal government. And again, we're being lied to. But the response of Obama in his speech the other night the response of most of the left-wing news media, the response of many of the left-wing members of Congress is take away the Second Amendment to the Constitution. Disarm you and me, the honest citizens of this country, knowing full well that the bad guys are going to get their guns because they don't go buy them at a gun free licensed firearm dealer anyway. So the criminals will have guns, the jihadists will have guns, But you and I won't have guns to defend ourselves. That is their solution to terrorism. That is their solution to crime in this country. Let the bad guys have weapons and the good guys be disarmed. Immediately after the attacks in San Bernardino, liberals in the Senate, the U.S. Senate, were introducing gun legislation to tighten the the loopholes in uh, the gun purchasing background checks, saying, oh, we need to have everybody have a background check, and everybody needs to, even at gun shows or if you're buying it from a friend or a neighbor, you have to have a background check. That is what they have in California, and it didn't stop the act of terrorism. All that does is set up a means to register all firearms in this country, to register the owners of all firearms in this country. That has always been the first step by dictatorships in their efforts to disarm their population, is to register all firearms so they can, at the time, when the time comes, they can go confiscate them. That's exactly what's going on here. And then they talk about, well, we have to put more people on the list of people that cannot purchase firearms. And Obama made a big deal about this the other day, the no-fly list. Put people on, anybody on the no-fly list has to go on the NICS list, the National Instant Criminal Background Check list, and cannot legally purchase firearms in this country. Well, first of all, the no-fly list is notoriously inaccurate People can be put on that list for no reason whatsoever. People are on that list because they have the same name as other people on the list or somebody that should be on the list, and they, they put down the name of the wrong person because it's similar or the same as a person who may be under investigation of terrorism. Veterans who have been declared incompetent in their own financial affairs, and we've dealt with this repeatedly on this show and we're still dealing with it, on a daily basis. Veterans who have been declared incompetent are being put on the no-fly list. Even if they get the incompetency ruling reversed, the FBI will not take them off the next list and they remain on the no-fly list. So the no-fly list is inaccurate. Even more inaccurate is the terrorist watch list because there are millions of people on there And again, they had a lot of mistaken identities, a lot of people on there who do not belong on there. And that is what the Senate, liberal senators in Congress are trying to pass. Not just the no-fly list. They introduced legislation to put anybody on the terrorist watch list. Excuse me, on the next list. So they couldn't purchase firearms legally. So who's on the terrorist watch list? Well, according to the Department of Homeland Security website, you can be on that list because you believe in the Second Amendment. You can be on that list and usually are put on that list because you're a military veteran. No vetting of the, the people, no determining if they somehow been, been radicalized or a danger. If you're a military veteran according to the Department of Homeland Security, you are a suspicious person. It belongs on the terrorist watch list. If you are pro-right to life, you belong on the terrorist watch list. What they're proposing here is another way to grab nuns from the American people. Now, Obama is going to do some things unilaterally, in violation of the Constitution, in violation of the rules of office. And by the way, can, you know, the Supreme Court came out the other day and upheld a ban of so-called assault weapons in Highland Park, Illinois. This is the same Supreme Court that a few years ago ruled that the right to keep and bear arms under the Constitution was an individual right. So we can't trust the courts. We can't trust Congress. At least not the Democrats in Congress. We certainly can't trust the President. Because here's what the President is going to be doing but he's going to be doing this fairly quickly. And I, you know it's, it's probably one of these things that he will do on Christmas Eve, so it won't be picked up in the news cycle. Most people won't even know about it until later. He's going to comply with the United Nations Small Arms Treaty, which he had John Kerry sign on his behalf. Now, the Constitution of the United States requires that all treaties signed by the president or any of his representatives before they can go into effect they must be ratified by a two-thirds vote of the United States Senate. That's a constitutional requirement. It's a specific requirement. Obama has never submitted that treaty even though it was signed over a year ago. Has never submitted that treaty to the United States Senate. He has sent representatives to meetings to discuss ways to implement the treaty that's unconstitutional. The Senate has never ratified the treaty. And he knows that two-thirds of the Senate will not ratify the treaty. So now the White House is putting out these stupid, unconstitutional line statements that the Constitution really doesn't mean what it says. Obama can implement and enforce any treaty he wants to and the only way for this for it to be stopped would be for the Senate to vote by two-thirds majority to stop him from implementing it. That's not what the Constitution said. And let's face it, when it came to the Iran Treaty, the Republican leadership of Congress caved on this very topic and allowed the President to do an executive order and ratify the treaty and start enforcing a treaty that was never submitted to the Senate for Ratification. A violation of the Constitution that was allowed. So the precedent has been set by the Republican leadership in the Senate and the House of Representatives. The precedent has been set for the President of the United States to start implementing treaties without ratification by the Senate. So what does the Small Arms Treaty require? Well, one of the big requirements, and if you listened to comments by the President and by John Kerry prior to the signing of the treaty. They, they said that there was no requirement in there for universal registration of firearms ownership that didn't exist. I had read the original treaty, the first draft of it, and I had read the final draft of it. And in both cases, that was one of the specific requirements. All nations that sign that treaty and become a party to it are supposed to have all firearms, small arms in their country, owned by private citizens, registered, which means the government will have the names and addresses and probably social security numbers of private citizens throughout the United States. Then they required by the treaty to turn that information over to the United Nations. So now the United Nations will have this information. The Russians will have this information. The Iranians will have this information. It is the first step towards worldwide confiscation of firearms. And it's what is going to be done in this country. Obama is going to come up with some kind of plan to register firearms. Actually, the plan already exists. Because when you go to legally purchase a firearm in this country, when you fill out that form that goes to the the NICS list to have you check against your background check, that form is supposed to be destroyed within 72 hours by the dealer and by the government. The dealers are doing it. I can guarantee you the government is not. They are already registering firearms in this country. And Obama will now try to impose that as part of the U.N. treaty. And impose universal background checks, which is another way to get more information about who owns firearms in this country. So it's one step after another, going after our freedom. Let's take our final break
2: now. Watchdog and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you.
3: Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com.
2: The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me.
0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: So I've told you what the government's planning to do, what the national news media wants done, and what Obama's planning to do, and that is to register firearms in this country, turn that information over to the United Nations, and then use that to disarm the American people. That's what they want to do. Here's what we need to do as American citizens. First of all, we need to follow the advice that's being given out by a lot of sheriffs around the country and police officers around the country, the heads of police departments, in which they are basically calling on Americans to, if you have a concealed weapons permit, carry that weapon with you. Wherever you go, carry that weapon with you. You can stop shootings. We had a situation a few years ago in a mall, I believe it was in Oregon, where an active shooter who was planning on terrorizing that mall and killing a bunch of people was himself shot by someone in the mall who had a concealed carry permit. Carry your weapons. Buy a weapon to defend your own home and property if you don't already have one. A lot of people are doing that. The spike in gun sales over the last couple of months has been incredible. Right after this terrorist attack, right after Obama came out and called for more gun control, more people went out and bought firearms. Buy firearms, stock up on ammunition. Prepare to defend yourselves. Obama and his government are not going to defend you. We're going to have to defend ourselves. So if you have a weapon, you carry a weapon. Now, the only thing we need to do is start calling on everybody to eliminate these gun-free zones. Federal law mandates gun-free zones on things like military installations, which is so stupid because it's led now to three different shootings, two at Fort Hood, one of which is with Nal Hussein is still classified by Obama as workplace violence, even though Congress has said that's not the case. But those are gun-free zones. Reserve centers are gun-free zones. The Congress needs to vote to do away with those and override a veto by Obama. State gun-free zones, same thing. State office buildings. Look what happened in California. An unarmed security guard. Look what happened at the university in Oregon. An unarmed security guard. That's who they have defending the students or the state government workers. To heck with the gun-free zones. Arm the security guards allow qualified individuals, citizens, to carry their weapons. To carry them concealed or open carry situations, where it's legal. Get movie theaters to stop being gun-free zones. Get malls to stop being gun-free zones. Those are being, That's being done privately to a great extent. Sometimes in, in response to a city or federal government or, or state government, but a lot of times that's just being done to be politically correct. Starbucks, big gun-free zone. If you go to Starbucks, ladies and gentlemen, you've got a target painted on your back. Starbucks is more concerned with being politically correct because the owner of Starbucks is a committed leftist who wants to see this country destroyed. More determined to be politically correct than it is with protecting the people who go to get coffee there. I haven't been in a Starbucks restaurant in years and don't intend to go to a Starbucks restaurant ever again or a coffee shop. I don't like being lectured by my beliefs by Starbucks employees. I don't be allowed to be I don't want to be told that I cannot carry a firearm legally in a Starbucks restaurant. Let him be politically correct and let him go out of business as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, I'm calling for people to boycott Starbucks. If you're a committed leftist and you don't mind sitting there in a gun-free zone where somebody can come in and shoot you anytime they want to, then go. By all means, patronize Starbucks. On the other hand, if you don't like being told to be politically correct everywhere you go in places like Starbucks. And tell them, to drop dead. Tell them you'll take their business, your business, elsewhere. The gun-free zones have got to go. That's the bottom line. Also, we need to start defending our constitution. We need to get more people to read and understand the Constitution. I made a speech in the the night in Coffin, Texas, where they have a very, very strong conservative movement, and they're committed to the freedoms in this country. And I was talking to people about the Constitution, and then they knew what I was talking about. They understood when I talked about the Second Amendment what was happening to our veterans in this country and how they're being denied their uh, fundamental constitutional rights to keep and bear arms and the rights to due process and their Fourth Amendment rights. They understood that. But there are a lot of people out there who don't understand it, and particularly the young people in this country. I'm appalled when I look at the curriculum. Our kids, and this is prevalent in most colleges, But now it's getting into the high schools and junior high schools. Colleges do not require, or even in some cases, offer courses on the Constitution. Or if they do, their courses about how the Constitution could be abolished, that it's old and outdated. If they offer American history, it's a perverted, revised American history that makes the United States... The most evil country in the world, always has been, always will be, and must be destroyed. The kids in our high schools are being taught much the same thing. They don't know anything about the Constitution. They don't know anything about the Bill of Rights. They're told to be politically correct. And some places, like in Texas, a couple places, uh, girls are told to wear burqas to the classroom so they can find out what it's like to be a liberated Muslim woman. There's no such thing as a liberated Muslim woman. They're slaves under the tenets of Islam. That's the bottom line. That's in the Koran. That's that's the way it works. But our kids aren't being taught that. Our kids are being not are not being taught what they need to be aware of in order to protect their own rights. If you don't know what your rights are, you're not going to realize when they're being taken away from you. And that's what's happening. So, the other night a bunch of people came after the meeting and bought copies of my little booklet, Our Constitution, where I take each article, each section, each amendment of the Constitution and put them in the way they were originally written and then put them in their comments about what they really mean. That includes the Second Amendment, Amendment, that includes the First Amendment, that includes the religious freedoms of the First Amendment, and the Freedom of Speech and the First Amendment, I detail what they mean. It's a small little pocket-sized booklet. You can buy it online for $6 through www.constitution.jigsy.com or through my blog and website at www.michaelconnolly.com. It costs you $6.00. But you can order multiple copies at some at some discounts. And if you want to get them for a school, like in, we had a Rotary Club in South Texas a couple of years ago order six or 500 copies. You give it out to entering juniors in the high schools in six school districts. We work with schools in Missouri that have ordered them. We give you special rates for order for schools. In fact, we basically just get our printing costs back so, but these, these little booklets were one my great stocking stuffers. Get them for your children. Give them to them. Sit down with them and read what's in there. Talk about it. Explain to them what their freedoms are. Explain to them what the threats are right now. Get them to understand the Constitution. That's one of the ways we can win our future and protect our future. Is to protect our kids and to get them on the right side before they're totally indoctrinated by the left-wing teaching systems in this, the schools in this country. If you go to michaelconnolly.jigZ.com you can also look at some of my other books that I've written, um, a book about my dad's unit during World War II, The Mortimer, It's a, become a big seller. It's a great Christmas gift. You can get it as an e-book as well as a paperback same is true of my patriotic novel, Amity a story of America. Uh, you can get copies of that book and, uh, as an e-book. And then there's my book that the Boy Scouts love, uh, Riders in the Sky, the Ghosts and Legends of Philmont Scout Ranch. That's available on Amazon and other places paperback, as is my book, America's Liveliest Ghost. So, hopefully you will order some for, for Christmas presents and this sort of thing. And, uh, then you will go and donate to the United States Justice Foundation or donate to my blog and website to help us in the fight. Continue the fight. We have to continue this. We must never surrender our future, and more importantly, the future of our kids as a state. So God bless everyone, I look forward to talking to you again next week.
0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com,
3: the pioneer and leader in chat radio.